0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: Doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock. Rockability is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from, hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else. With the largest selection of music merchandise in the world, doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autographed items, patches for your battle. Event. Rockabilia will have you covered and everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artist. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. So for your punk, metal and rock memorabilia needs, there's only one place to go, www.rockabilia Com. And for the month of December, guys, we have a promo code Sucks, and you'll get 15% off your purchases at www.rockabilia.com. Once again, promo code Sucks for 15% off. It's December, and you're
2: looking for the right way to close out 2017. You could put the time in necessary to create the perfect production, but an hour is so long. We have a better solution. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit eliminates three quarters of the time you put into your little program by replacing all the hard work with easy, hack premises guaranteed to fill up an hour. Hack premises like year in review. What about favorite moments of 2017? Perfect. How about the top 15 middle albums of the year? Now you're getting it. Well, what if you just didn't do a show? Even better. Fuck that shit conserves precious time that you could be using towards more important things like cutting yourself or bitching about not being paid for your podcast. So. When your podcast production starts to stress you out, there's only one thing to say fuck that shit.
3: It's the Metal Sucks
1: Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast, everybody. It is I, Petter Speich, always joined by... Brandon Hahn. Hello. And... Jocelyn Sharp. Yes, yes, yes. And this is, as uh, Brandon's bit, I guess, said. Wait a minute. Jocelyn, <laughs> did you just take a hit of the vape pen? <laughs> no. I
2: wasn't paying attention. I saw <laughs> like, a bunch of weed come out like She out. just goes, Jocelyn yeah. Sharp, and I just see this like puff of smoke coming underneath her, her sweater. I didn't
0: know it really it was coming up so quick, I was trying. To yeah, it. I was, I was like, trying to what? make it happen before you looked,
2: like, you looked like the old lady in Beetlejuice <laughs> Like remember when she had the slit neck And when she blew smoke out of her neck That's what Jaws. looked like That's what I'm going like. to be like if I keep yeah. smoking like God this
1: Alright I'm sorry Pete Anyway though we have a lot to get to Got a ton to get to today Like Brandon's bit did say This is our I guess our hack premise yeah. Our 15 best albums of the year This, That is this episode um, All three of us had to get, get together in a room And try to decide on 15 albums in order Which wasn't as easy as I thought it would be Considering But uh, anyways, we're very happy with our list, and we're just going to jump right into the list. Also, guys, just so you know, throughout, um, we do have interviews with certain bands at certain stages of our list. We have four total, and we do have our number one. we got a 15. Now, what made you pick this number? This is the number that's on the Metal Sucks website, and on most metal websites, they go with 15. 15. So it's just kind of a universal number that people choose. Um, if I had to choose a number, I'd go with 10. I'd probably go with three. I feel
0: like it'd be so much harder to get 10, though, to, like, to narrow it down to 10. Yeah,
1: this 15 was hard.
0: Yeah, to say, like, to take five out of it and be like, now you have to take five out? Like, that's even harder. Well,
2: it's almost like, uh, the NCAA tournament, where mm-hmm. it's like, you're gonna have some band <laughs> on the outside that's gonna be like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> they deserve to be in, you know? And then everyone's <laughs> gonna start screaming and shit. So then we, I mean, it's like, we could either do top 15, or we could go top 172 my your reference was
1: over in my head. What about you, Jocelyn?
2: Yeah, I didn't get it I don't understand All it well, one yeah. bit. Well, Somebody did, I'm sure. Well, you yeah. guys are Your guys' brains are very, very small. No, we, I don't so. follow
1: the NCAA tournament. So let's start off, guys, right away with number 15 on our list of our top 15. Uh, number 15 on our list, it is the new Byzantine record, The Cicada Tree. Now, we got to interview OJ of Byzantine this year, and we have played this throughout a uh, couple tracks throughout the year. And uh, this record just is one of those records that I keep coming back to is like a lot of people say if they had a band, this is what they'd want to sound like. And everything that Byzantine did this year with this record, the Metal Blade release and all that stuff, um, really was excellent. So it was real special. And What do you uh, think they did different on this album that other people didn't do? I, I think they they just grew. This is, like I said, their fourth or fifth album. And they just grew and they let that they let their strengths kind of kind of outweigh anything that held them back or Here's the thing with them; they're hard to put in a genre. This is something that Pete stands by, though. Mm-hmm. He thinks in every metal band, just about. I kind of
2: disagree, but yeah. I th- Pete thinks that with a lot of metal bands, by that fourth album,
1: that's when they've really grown into themselves, and that's when they become the best that they can Newer be. Newer metal bands, I really do. I really think their first couple records, because of so much out there, like so much. It's rare that I see a first or second album that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. It's rare. It happens. Don't get me wrong, but it's always like their third or fourth record where I'm like, all right, now they're at a certain stage.
0: I feel like this record though still captured what made us fall in love with originally. Yeah. It was it was like it was still felt so familiar and comfortable, but it was something new. It was something exciting. Uh, there's songs about love and there's songs yeah. about politics and there's songs about like everything that you could think of, which is nice. Like, I don't want to listen to a whole album that's about politics. Uh,
2: but I do want to listen to an album about love and
1: politics. <laughs> so,
2: and well. the NCAA now, tournament. Coming from Spike yeah. Jones. Yeah, please.
1: <laughs> so, so, next on our list, guys. So, Byzantine is our first. Our next on our list, and that's is one we universally loved, all of us, and that's the new body count record, Bloodlust. Yeah. Now, the reason it's at 14 and not higher on the list. Is is because this is the one album that I think had a lot of highs, and then kind of had a little, a little bit of a mid ground kind of like they, they, you know, did a cover of Rain and Blood, which was great, but like a lot of the songs weren't as. This probably had the best songs of the year. I to think us. with Ice T. Ice T's lyrics are
2: so brutally honest. Yeah, you know, I mean, gr- granted, he's not going to pull out any big words that you're going to be like, "Wow, hey, way to go, Ice." You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but, no, live, ma- no,
1: but, live- but it's song. very,
2: but he, but he keeps it very honest and yeah. it's yeah. very simple. Like, it's yeah. can't go wrong with it.
1: And "No Lives Matter" that song, if it came out in a different time, would have uh, it, people would have reacted to it. Strongly. Right. You know, and uh, they still did because it's such a great song. It's such a... a a powerful song, but because music doesn't have that backlash like it used to. Right, this one didn't have a lot of opinions thrown its way. Some people tried. Well, I remember when it first came out, but it didn't really stick with uh, stick. Like, like I said, like Cop Killer was this outrage. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, that's what happened. You see,
2: first off, the peak of the mountain was Cop Killer. Yeah. Okay, and that was. And the thing is, it wasn't like Ice T was saying to go kill cops. He was speaking from a perspective. Like right. he was He was speaking almost in third person of of somebody's. Uh, day-to-day life you know killing cops right of course you know now granted i mean you could say what you want but when that song came out that was that received such media attention it put body count on the map i mean Mm -hmm. it it gave them it gave them some kind of credibility you know but then after that i mean where do you go from here like when you're talking about no lives matter i mean he already said cop killer it's a rap like there's nowhere
1: to go see I, i feel that uh if this song came out in the same climate of like '92, it would have been just as well. The only way to top, on both sides. The only I way think, to
2: yeah. top cop killer is mayor killer. Mayor?
1: Yeah.
0: Mayor? You mean mayor?
2: Mayor. Sounds like
0: you're saying a female horse killer.
2: No, I'm I'm saying John Mayor killer. No, I'm saying like
1: Mayor. M A Y O R (laughs) killer. And then Treasurer killer. (laughs) So, new body count record. Bloodlust is the name. It it got nominated for a Grammy, too. So, this is uh, definitely, I think, on a lot lot of top lists. That's our number 14. Yeah, I know. Hey, you never know. It might win. But it's I think it's a
0: really good album. It's
1: a it's a really that's what I'm saying. A lot of people it's got guests by Dave Mustaine on a song, it's got Randy Bly of Land of God on a song. It's it's got a lot of good tunes on it. Like I said, it's just um,
2: it's
0: addicting.
1: Now I will uh, say, I, 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 yeah,
2: no body doubt. counts cover of suicidal tendencies in, in institutionalized yeah. is one of the worst fucking things I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody put a funnel in my ear and poured diarrhea in. It not, was terrible. It's <laughs> not. On, and
1: raining blood wasn't that bad. Post mortem, they did. Rain, they did like raining blood. It's not as bad. But it, like I said, it's just one of those things. So the next one is going to bring us to our first interview. Number 13 on our list, guys. Uh, We, me and Brandon, uh, were huge fans of this record when it came out. It's a new record by a band called Final Drive. The, the the, The album is Dig Deeper. Can't stop listening to this record when it came out. It's one of those just every song's got the hook to it, every song gets caught in your head. Short record, maybe like 30, 35 minutes and just just you every a t- song's a banger. Yeah, if you have attention deficit, this is the album for you. <laughs> and every song will get stuck in your head. And, yes. and like I said,
2: it's just that it gets to the point. That's what I like about it. Yeah. It gets to the fucking point. Right.
1: There is no, like I said, it's it's all there's no filler here. It's just all killer. And so in that time, one of the guys we did want to reach out and talk to was uh lead singer Jordan Gaw of Final Drive. So here is my interview with him to let him know he got our number 13 spot on our list this year. I got Jordan Gaw on the phone. From Final Drive, uh, "Dig Deeper" is our thirteenth yeah. favorite album of this year. Uh, oh,
4: I love that number thirteen. I that's know, amazing.
1: I fi- I figured you would. I was like, anybody who gets number thirteen is going to be like, that's what I want. I don't want twelve. I don't want nine. Thirteen.
4: I want thirteen. <laughs> well, hey, man, honored to be on the list at all. So thank you very much.
1: Oh, you're very welcome, man. Uh, what were you got? What were your goals going into the, to record this album?
4: Oh. Uh, you know, we wanted to kind of set the bar higher the, than the band had been on previous albums and try to write better and more songs that would resonate with more people. Um, so that was our goal when we went in too, just to create a, a new foundation for, for our material going forward.
1: Are you currently playing Dig Deeper in its entirety on your current tour? For,
4: yeah, for the most part on this run right now, all, all these East Coast dates, we're doing a, a large majority i think we're only doing one or two tracks from our previous album but the rest of it is dig deeper material so yeah we're hitting them all nice and how are these yeah.
1: songs growing and, and living in the live environment because on record oh, everyone yeah. is a banger ready to be played dude.
4: live oh man thank you. i appreciate and you know what at our in our uh you know spirit of our band we're a live band you know so everything is just about that momentum and that feel when you go and Crank up the amps and and do it for real, you know, face to face with people. So that's where our band began anyway. So it's good to hear that you're getting that vibe from the recording because, you know, uh, things can change when you hit the studio and and you can lose the vibe or the intensity sometimes. So uh, I'm glad that it was still present in the record and we keep striving for that at each record that we do. Uh, But as far as how they're translating live, man, I mean, like, want it all. We love playing that track. Everybody starts singing in with us and it's just a party man so it's it, it seems to be everybody is is gravitating well to the to the new material
1: awesome man and now I, are you going to tour another year on this record or do you feel you guys are going to hit the studio up a little bit sooner
4: we're really anxious and we've already been working on demos uh we've got a little mobile rig we've been taking on the runs uh with us so we we can keep doing demos as we're moving uh so we've already got a good stockpile of stuff we're working on so fingers crossed we'd like to get another album out no later than spring next year but we'll still be playing this material uh it, to mid 2018 now
1: you guys when you are headlining you do allow local bands to play so this is, yeah. a, two, this is a two-part question do you ever watch okay. them part one part two uh-huh. have you ever seen any that crush and what's their name
4: Okay. Okay. cool. Uh, Well, we definitely uh, we actually, you know, not I don't want to use the word rely, but we need the local uh, acts to come out and and party with us and bring a good time because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they know the the fan base is a little bit better in the area. And it's great to meet new people and new musicians because we can help each other out. So we definitely love uh, the local acts that come out. Um and we always welcome it, you know. If especially when we're doing the headlining runs like we're doing right now, yeah. uh, it's a little out of our hands when we do support runs. Uh, but we still remember those good bands in all those markets and always hit them up. Um, so well, you put me on the spot though. I, I gotta find one that. Is <laughs> oh, the to answer your question, I watch every band, uh, and that's no shit, man. Uh, I, I really do. Like I end up watching pretty much the full sets of every band that plays every night, just because I can't. I can't disappear from the show. I love shows and I love being in that environment. So I never leave and I watch every band good or bad. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, there's that. Um, Oh, man. Oh, I know. Some really good friends of ours out of, uh, let's let's go with uh, the Knoxville, Tennessee area. Uh, these guys are in this band called War Clown. Cool band War name, clown. War Clown. I like it. War Clown. Yeah, they're really cool dudes. Uh, they, they play a similar uh, vibe that, as we do, uh, but they're just really great dudes, and they, they always bring a party, and they always bring a good time, and they're always up to, to play and work hard, and, and that speaks volumes you know hard working bands bands that aren't lazy and aren't afraid to play on a tuesday night you know
1: yeah loving it man loving it so yeah. uh last question and you guys like i said catch them if you can on their east coast uh tour dates they got going right now go to is dot org, right
4: yeah you can go to finaldrive.org or our facebook page has the all the tour dates listed awesome
1: as well. and you're on tour right now with uh, another band that put out a really good record earlier this year the shape the, the, that yep. was called the world away that's a really good record if people haven't heard it as well Oh, so,
4: they're killing it. They're they're, they're definitely doing it, good. Lo- love a couple of those tracks on that record for sure. And uh, they're they're under the same management roster as we are. So yeah, we're doing a handful of dates with those guys as well. It's really great. Oh, that's
1: a great package. Like for anybody it that takes. doesn't know you guys. You guys are both put, yeah. put out excellent stuff. And now, last question for you, man. What are your top three albums of this year, 2017?
4: Got my top three. Okay, so the first one on my list is this band called Malevolence. Mm. Uh, they're out of Europe, I think. And I just got turned on to their new record that just came out this year by a buddy of mine in this band, Power Flow. He's the drummer. Uh he just told me about these guys and they're awesome. They are very similar to what Final Drive is doing, but they also have this kind of, um, I guess I'd say, hardcore element to their music as well. So uh, that's my first one. Nice. Uh, my second one is uh, the new Marilyn Manson record. I'm, I'm, a, I'm old school. Uh, you know, Manson was something that cha- changed the world when I was growing up. So, uh, I like his new record. The say 10 song is, I can't stop listening to that one. Uh, so I like the new Manson record. And then, and so everyone's going to get mad at me on this one, but I really like the new Lincoln park record and, um, what, you know, obviously we had the tragedy that happened with Chester and, uh, I heard all the, you know, the negative stuff about the record at the beginning, but that, that first single they put out is the heavy track. I mean, like, the lyrics, because I'm a vocalist, you know, I just, I guess, I was just drawn to that, that record um, prior to the, the thing, because when it first came out, I, I'm already kind of was listening two albums ago to their new direction, and when they hit that, I was, the, the lyrics are just heavy, and the rest of the albums got some really great stuff on it, and uh, you can't deny good music, so. There it is.
1: And you cannot. And that's why we are not denying the new final drive record, Dig Deeper. Thanks. One of our best of the year. Like I said, number 13. Jordan, it's always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast.
4: Anytime, brother. Thank you.
1: Uh, that was Final Drive. Like I said, that song we played for you is one it all in the interview you heard. He, he The crowds are going loving that song, but uh congrats to them. What a great record! And I hope uh, some people actually go out there and listen to this record, dig deeper. This band we think is underrated. And I actually the first time I ever heard of them was through Metal Sucks years ago in an article because I didn't even know this band was. And then this was really the album that just drew me in. So yeah, and,
2: and that's the thing. You just want to see growth from a band, and hopefully this will be that one thing that kind of lifts them up to the next level. Yes. That's what we're hoping
1: anyway. And our number 12 is uh, also on a lot of best of lists. Our number 12 record for this year is The Black Dahlia Murders Nightbringers. Now, this record um, is just another fantastic great record from Black Dahlia Murder. They're yeah. they're as consistent as a band can get. They're as creative and inventive in that genre as a band can get. I think this has made a lot of people's like number 1 list of the year. Um Well, what do you think they did th- this during this album that was considered creative? Like what do you think they had? Man, like harps? It, like no 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 no. They don't they, <laughs> like I said within their genre, but everything since Ritual, okay? Now actually, you can go back farther, but everything since Ritual to me has been like a step up in their game, uh, in their sound. It's just been tighter, you know. Uh, I know a lot of the fans are probably, you know, way into the older stuff, but I just think, like, there was a point where they really nailed it, you know, and then that could also because from, from ritual on it was like wow I didn't see that coming well, I and wow I didn't see like,
0: that coming they just yeah. serve metal man they just give you they metal straight up did like, they change metal.
1: producers do you know I mean it's like so they
2: kept well the same this last the this last thing.
0: album was the best selling direct to consumer pre order from Metal Blade Records mm-hmm. so it broke a record it was oh, the best yeah, selling shabby.
1: one and they did one, and that's another thing that like it, good records and w- when we get to another number same same thing happened is that you're selling more records now because of the consistency and, and this yeah. one. To to outsell your record from two years ago in this climate is extremely hard to do. Nightbringers did that. Mm -hmm. Another record on our list did that, too. You know, and um, that's because of the consistency and because you know the songs they, they put out right away people knew you know I, jars was the first one i heard and i just remember thinking like oh man i need this record now so that's our number 11 or number 12 record is the black delhi murders Nightbringers. um if you haven't heard that come on i'm sure you all did
0: dope album art so definitely yeah, get the album dude
1: every yeah and the, if you get the album it, it's like the the, the album art continues on the inside you flip it open type of thing it's, yeah, it's, it's super cool, cool. And before we continue on, guys, with our Best of 2017, I just want to touch base with you on something. Make you aware that over at Metal Blade Records this holiday season, you head over to Metal Blade Records' web store for the label's annual Chris Massacre promotion. It's featuring ugly Christmas sweaters, ornaments, mugs, and more. Uh, new sweatpants, hoodies, and long sleeves are also available from an array of artists. Get your holiday shopping done now at MetalBladeStore.com. And as our list continues, you'll hear more Metal Blade bands at, on our best of list because they've put out so many great recordings. But like we said, get your holiday shopping done right now, MetalBladeStore.com. Number 11 on our list, and we also get to an interview with this one, um, Warbringers, Woe to the Vanquished. This one caught me off guard as being really excellent. So, because why did it catch you off guard? Well, because there was a when we 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 interviewed John in between records, John Keevil and um, you know we didn't know what to expect. It was a four year break from Empires Collapse. A whole new band was there coming. Was a in, completely so different. So he band, yeah. had to kind of come in, revitalize the band, revamp everything, and then he came out with, I think, hands down, the best record of their career. Like, Woe to the Vanquished, lyrically, is you mean, extremely you mean, you impressive. Mean his career? The, yeah. Their, <laughs> I mean, his I career, their career. Yeah, John, just change your name to Warbringer,
2: officially right now, okay? <laughs> That's your yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> Some uh,
1: guy changed his name to War Machine. You could go Warbringer. Go for it. Uh, we don't want to put you guys in the same boat there, yeah, right. War no, Machine's oh, you, the guy that, like, beat up a girl, right? Oh, actually, okay, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make sure. So, anyways, uh, lyrically, like I said, uh, they talk about, like, uh, war and in, and in, in they talk this record talks about like the destruction of war it doesn't glorify it it it's just a it, it's, it's a history lesson it's intelligent and uh like i said i get to talk to him outside a concert just a couple days weeks ago so let's uh let's jump into the interview with me and john kievel as i tell him he's the number 11th best album of the year on our podcast here with metal sucks i am here with john Keeble of war bringer uh we are here to talk about Our number eleven pick for the best album of 2017, Woe to the Vanquished. How has the songs been going over live, man? You've been doing it now nine months, right?
5: We've been doing the full album recently. Actually, the last tour we did, we did about just shy of two months. We were playing whole records front to back across the states, and we did it in Europe before that as well on any show where we had the time. Um, It's been going over great. We love playing the record in the exact order it was recorded. everything has a really nice flow to it live as well as on record, and ending the live set with something as epic as When the Guns Fell Silent, uh, which is at the track, track length of eleven eleven. 11 Ending up at number 11 is kind of funny and ironic like that. I mean, I like numbers, you know. Uh, it's good stuff, and it's really cool to play this vicious and brutal and fast record and end it with something so like dark and big, you know, and epic. And
1: tonight I, I we are playing tonight with we're on tour currently with Darkest Sour and Ex Mortis. This is the first
5: night of the tour. Are you guys doing it in its entirety tonight? We are not because that's exactly what we did on the last US Damn. tour. So right now we're busting out a more mixed set where we bring back new old songs.
1: Gotcha. Are we are we doing are we doing when the uh When the uh, guns fell silent tonight?
5: Um, I have no idea. I would love to. That's one of my favorite songs. Oh, man. I'm going to push when we... You know what? Um, Even though we've been doing this 10 years, we actually still kind of wing our sets. Oh, nice. And I'm always going to do that no matter what stage I'm playing on because uh, I want to be a real-life band and not be an uh, automaton. So So we never know. That's that's what I like to hear. You'll never truly know because I never truly know. So there you go sweet man
1: so in a lot of ways when we talked earlier this year um this was a comeback record because last year when we, we discussed it you were kind of on tour but it was still kind of in a in a, a strange place so um how has the the not i mean we'll bring your trains on full steam now so how has it been as far as like the year and the comeback is it feeling good are you guys feeling like really the future's looking bright
5: We made your list, didn't we?
1: You made our list. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's Um,
5: all. (laughs) We we made our record. We came back, and now we're on your list. And uh, mission successful. We're gonna make another record, and it's gonna be even more heavy and soul crushing than this one, if it's at all possible.
1: I I believe it. I believe it. It's uh it's gonna be tough to top.
5: I feel the same way on this one. Which is good to have that motivation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this record, uh, the strange result of so many members leaving and such was that we actually, that I get to do a more focused version of what we were doing before, uh, lyrically, musically, thematically, where it's got this like fall of civilization's evil nationalism vibe to it and um, where musically it's darker, it's heavier and it's just all mean throughout. It's either straight up Annihilating Explosion or Soul-Crushing Desolation is is kind of what we're aiming for this record and it kind of makes the journey between those two things. So playing at Live Rules for that reason and I think it shows, uh, it's our attempt to show anyway that thrash metal is not a genre that's creatively spent that's actually kind of the center point of what metal actually means and that we're going to play a version of it that is not some lifeless, limp rehash, but is rather a next stage of evolution that you've never heard before. You've heard thrash, but you've never heard it as fast and extreme and heavy as this whilst retaining the elements of pure thrash. That's the goal. That's the mission. And I can say, as a listener of this stuff myself, this is the first record I've been on where I can say, mission accomplished I'm happy with this one I wouldn't change a goddamn thing and I just hope I can do it again
1: nice dude that's that's that, that's truly exciting for all of us so now kind of going to put you on the spot here
5: gotcha. but
1: I'm going to ask you what are your top three metal records of the, or the or even one which metal record of 2017 really have you uh, been listening to the most do you think
5: Uh, For metal records, let's see. I'd say I'll I'll give you three. Okay. Um, Two of them are within thrash. One of them is not at all. Um, So I'll say I agree with one of your picks. uh, Havoc Conformicide, one of the best bands out there today. Um, Pete Weber's the only guy I would let play drums in my band besides Carlos, who actually (laughs) is playing drums in my band. That dude rocks. Um, All those guys are. The tour we did with them was great, and uh, I think they see a similar vision to themselves as a thrash band moving thrash forward and adding to the genre whilst keeping what makes it good in the first place Sweet. so i many kudos to them on a similar note i think power trip nightmare logic is a record that a lot of people really jumped on this year uh giving a much more like stripped down take on thrash compared to bands like havoc and warbringer have all this shredding and crazy power trip is just like a chug and slam and yeah. tr- punch band and i love that personally um, I love how it's just hard it's just hard and a brick as a brick and aggressive and I love that about it um, My third pick is one I heard pretty recently um, the new winter Sun the Forest seasons it's only four songs and all of them are like 10 12 minutes those first two in particular the whole record's really good it's a little more black metal than the band's previous work but those first two songs, both of them have a perfect 10 out of 10 riff in them they're both like 10 plus minutes and just epic works of metal composition and he's one of the best harsh vocalists because he manages to blend the harsh like colder black metal vocal tone with perfect enunciation and that's really rare and it was always a influence on me vocalists who are able to get the harshness of sound but still have that lyrical delivery where you can sing along and not compromise on either that's always been a goal of mine as a metal vocalist and you know i think he's one of the best in the business for that
1: excellent man so uh once again do we want to congratulate you on um, this epic album you put out this year, like I said, one of our favorites here. Um, and I cannot wait to get out in, in there and watch you guys perform tonight, dude. So, uh, John, thank you so much for uh, checking in with us here on The Best Of, um, Metal Sucks. And uh, those three picks, I don't think anybody's going to have any complaints about. I know Power Trip's going to be on a lot of lists out of there, Of course yeah. they
5: are, of course. Yeah. They, they did really well this year, and rightly so. And it's been a good year for thrash Metal, I think, uh, both old and new releases. Though I think this is really the year where you see the, old gen- the new generation outshine in their releases than the old generation that's my personal opinion and that's not looking at myself. I think that's looking at the thing as a whole and some of my peers and I'm really proud of what uh, what everyone's done. I don't think metal should or is this remember when nostalgia trip bullshit. I think as the world continues to get scarier and worse that the emotional fundamental message of metal of dissatisfaction and anger with all of it is uh, increasingly valid and, and essential as art and that's why uh, I think you have an angry genre like thrash metal coming into a sort of new renaissance. Um, And it's beyond just us making our best record today, I think all kinds of people are. And it's really good to see that um, metal as a whole has staying power to make great new records, as well as the classics that we all know and love.
1: Guys and the song we played is the opening track To the record silhouettes woe to the vanquished And uh yeah also, uh, me and John, man, we had a long interview and we could not play it all, obviously on this episode. We took the ten minutes. So uh, we had another thirty minutes tagged onto that, and that's gonna be on our other show, Rise to Offend, which isn't normally the format. We don't have thirty minute interviews on Rise to Offend normally, but this is gonna be a special one for you guys from Metal Sucks. If you wanna jump over and check that out. It it's will called
2: be- a tie in.
1: It's a tie in. Okay. A crossover. Okay. But it's also- called marketing, you <laughs> dumb sons of bitches. John was great and he said some amazing stuff, and I just don't want that interview to go to waste. You know? Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a good 30 minutes, guys, for all you Warbringer fans. Go check that out. And that brings us to our number 10 record, the other record that outsold the previous one. This is uh, Converge is the dusk in us. Now, Converge is the... Uh,
2: Best,
0: the most amazing ever. Yeah, I, I love Converge. I heard- I think
1: this
2: might have been... Jocelyn had a hard time accepting this at 10 i know jocelyn like, wanted she this was all
1: about this m- album much higher um and um and brandon had a hard time i'll tell you i don't want to give spoilers right now but propaganda didn't make the list they put out a fantastic oh, record and the and brandon had a hard time not cutting that one so there was some stuff but at number 10 um the dusk in us to me is a phenomenal converge record but the reason i guess it's not like at number one or number two is that and i and i and i lived with it for a long time as i don't think it trumps you know
2: who last, we have
1: the last couple at the top you know well, i also yeah, yeah or I, the ones I, at the top i agree with my, you i don't movie.
0: think that it 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 does like i i think that the black doll Your murder did a great job of like updating their new album to like a much better yeah. feel and stuff and this is not the, one of those. I'm just. Su- I have such a soft spot for Converge because a lot of people in my generation that was our introduction. No, to Converge is the,
1: like the most important band I think in the last 20 years in the yeah, underground. Hands I down. mean, I, I don't even argue that with people, and I think this record's phenomenal. I mean, number 10 out of all the records out there. I mean, you'll you'll hear the stuff that doesn't make our list, and you will be like, really? Yeah. So I have no doubt in that, um, and I don't really have anything negative to say about this record. It just didn't. Um, overwhelm me like the ones ahead of it. I guess that's the best way to say. That's fair. But there is no way it wasn't going to make the list. There was no way. It just started at four. I a
0: soft spot like a newborn for them, man.
1: (laughs) I understand completely, man. And uh, so, but they are... Gotta hear everybody's heard that. Like I said, it's so hard for me when we do a metal podcast to think somebody hasn't heard some of these records. Like The Dusk in Us is like an event for the underground metal kids, so I'm sure everybody's heard it. It's a fantastic record. The next one, I'm not sure if people loved it as much as I did, I didn't see it on many lists out there. But this record, I think, was uh, a phenomenal record. It's the Obsessed New Record Sacred, it's number nine on our list. Um, It's, you know, Wino's record, the first obsessed record in I don't know how many years. I want to say it was like 17 or since 94 or something like that. That's, which isn't 17 years at all, but <laughs> I was like, wait, 23, why? no, it's 23
2: years. Yeah. There was, oh. there was a k- split second of silence going, wait a minute. Me, Pete's math is really dumb. Really <laughs> mad. Like, whoa.
1: He, he must be doing the NCAA
2: the tournament is, though, math. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. But my thing is though, is like, I was dumb. Cause it took me, I was like, what, what? I didn't know the number right off the bat. I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't add up.
0: Yeah. I was like a person who's dumb, but just a little bit less dumb than you. Cause I was like, I know that's wrong, but I don't know the right answer. Yeah,
2: I'd be like, yeah, here's the deal. Like this is me going. Hey, that be dumb. All right. Well, that's <laughs> be dumb. Right. Yeah, that's dumb. Calling dumb. And Go so
1: number nine, like I said, the obsessed sacred. This record to me, um, and I'm a huge fan of bands like Clutch. I'm a huge fan of that style, that rock, that kind of bluesy, bluesy doom Sabbath style. You know, Crows conformity stuff like that is. is I wouldn't s- say Clutch is Sabbath style. Well, not Clutch. I'm just saying like that. That it's it's more. People tell me this leans more on the rock side. Is okay. what I'm saying. Yeah. People will say the obsessed lean more on the rock side than the metal side, which we're, it's fine. We can put rock out. I don't on give our a list. shit. Yes. Yeah, exactly. If it, it rocks matter. hard, I'm sorry. But uh, like the songwriting on this song <laughs> on this album. <laughs> No, I know, dude.
2: I, and know. I just hate when people get so particular about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, look, dude, they're, they're using drop D. Be fucking happy,
1: cunts. You know what uh, I mean? Uh, come on. Pun, uh, pff, cunts. Uh, punk, A harsh metal. there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. We, <laughs> Sorry. We, 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 we all know what we mean. Just so. purists. They kill me. So, which, <laughs> so. which takes us over to our number eight record. This is the only debut record that I have on my list here, and it's going to be an obvious one for most. The Dead Cross self-titled debut record, Mike Patton. Dave Lombardo. I'm actually surprised Pete didn't put this at like in the top five.
0: I'm really surprised, I, too. I think,
1: I think he showed a
2: lot of restraint, and I think he knocked it down a couple of pegs only because he knew we would clown him if he put it way too high. Because yeah. I know of his affinity and love for Patton. But was this record not fucking excellent? Oh,
0: of course. It's it not, was great. How is it not going to be excellent? You basically put, like, the Avengers together and were like, make an album. Yeah. <laughs> Two <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> if yeah. she
1: said the Justice League, we'd be pissed at her. Yeah, <laughs> like, 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 yeah get out of here with your bullshit, with your Zack Snyder bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but anyways, yeah, so they, they came out. Like I said, Patton's never had a hardcore or a punk-sounding record with Tomahawk, with Fantomas. He's had all these other elements, but this was almost as straightforward as 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 you can go with that kind of sound, his lyrics are still patent they're still sarcastic. Lombardo just murders the drums, yeah, and this record it, it clocked in at like twenty eight minutes mm-hmm. it is so
0: this record is my number one for drums for drums this this yeah. year number one for drums for sure
1: it's amazing so and the next record this is uh this is one that uh Brandon was very uh very high on, and I actually agree with them 100%. It, it got higher up on our list as the year progressed because I think a lot of people forgot about it. But this uh, this is the new Sepultura record, number seven, Machine Messiah. Flawless record to me. And it is like you guys talked about how its it's got a little more progressive rock sound to it or it's got a little more of that like Brazilian beat to it. But what they did with this record is change the game for them as a band, which Sepultura has, hasn't done with Derek Green. Mm-hmm. You disagree or agree? Well, I just think that they always had that Cavalera sound to them. Mm-hmm. And then when they gave... Igor, and this one you know, doesn't have it. That's
2: what I'm saying. Well, yeah, it's because there's no Cavaleras in the band anymore, Yeah, but right? this is the
1: third record without a Cavalera. Right. And their new drummer is... Extremely impressive. I wish I knew his name off the top of my head. It's like Eloy something.
0: I love this album. This is the album I listen to when I play Shadows of War on PlayStation. <laughs> really? <laughs> when I'm killing orcs. Yeah, you're just like I'm yeah, fighting take for the One that. Ring. Well, my like I this is another one. By the way, that the album art. You have to get the album. The album art on this one is yeah. like throwback '80s metal. Super dope. Like, I want to get it tattooed on me. It's so cool.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, the one thing with that, uh, I've always loved Derek Green as a lyricist, for starters. Like, I love his voice. His, his voice, voice is, is so, so underrated.
1: Perfect. His voice in metal is like the perfect growl, yeah. howl. He can enunciate. Like, he really is a great death metal, but he's overshadowed by what Sepultura was, and that will never give him the spotlight he deserves. But, like... It's almost like when when uh, John Bush joined Anthrax, where yeah. it's like, you know what, you heard, to me... Well, let me stop with, yeah, but I I know what you're saying. Go ahead.
2: But I'm just saying, yeah. like, to me, and I'm not, it, I think he's, a, I think traditionally he's a much better, uh, he, has a, he has a much stronger voice mm-hmm. than uh, Cavalier did. Same thing when John Bush came and. Out, outdid belladonna i thought to the us. same thing yeah to us you we know. agree. I, I agree but the yeah. thing is though is those classic songs with sepulterra and same thing with anthrax those classic songs those are the first things that stick out and yeah. no matter what you're always going to be and when you change front men in a band you know you do take a chance and at, Derek green does failing.
1: make the classic songs sound like hardcore songs he didn't honor the thrash it was like a one guitar attack when you saw him live right you know so They've gotten out of that. Still and good. They're, they're still good. They're still the you know, they're still our cl- the classic songs. But when you get away from that, if you see them if you've seen them live in the last year or so, like we saw them with Testament um a little while ago. I can't remember if it was in the year or so. But anyways, the point is, is that like they don't play a lot of the older stuff. They still play a couple of the hits, but they are heavy on the last three records mm-hmm. because their sound is unique now. But this record, even when it came out, I saw a lot of people giving it praise. And that's the first time I really saw. A lot of people recognize Sepultura, even though everybody's like, it's still not the band's name. That, that will never, you know, I got you. I understand. I'm not even arguing with you on that. But this record, Machine Messiah, is definitely something you guys have to go out there and listen. So number six on our list of our top 15 albums of the year is the new Satyricon album, Deep Th Upon Deep. Now, with Satyricon, I have not gotten fully into a record in quite a little, in a, in a, in a while. I can't remember the last time that it stuck with me really intensely. Like, I love The Age of Nero. I even liked the, the, the um, self titled one a lot, but I didn't, they didn't, I couldn't, the desire to listen to them stopped eventually. This one that has not. So, the second I got it all the way through, I always want to hear these eight songs over and over again. This is the best record they've put out by far to me in like 15 years. So, um, and uh, just every song. Get stuck in your head. Every song's a jam. I mean, it's to me, like I said, I I got nothing bad to say about this record. It's the number six record of the year.
5: It's
2: almost like if you're an artist and you put out an album
1: like that, do you go back and you listen to your other albums? You're like, man,
2: that was garbage. I mean, like when you put out like a really good, after like a few records. I think the bands
1: go back and listen and say like, you know, that's what got me here. Right. You know? They just, um, they
2: look at it as steps. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, like yeah. A, a record that didn't make our list that I really wanted on our list was, and, and I, I don't want to spill the beans, but it's the new Trivium, The Sin and the Sentence. And they had a couple steps that kind of had people go away. But this new record, I mean, I think the best song of the year is The Sin in the Sentence, the, that title song. Like, that song is probably one of my favorite tracks of the year for sure. It didn't make our top list because we had other albums that we thought were just better, you know, I guess mm-hmm. in general. But um, that's what you mean. Like, those steps, if he looks back and he goes, hey, silence of the snow or something like that, all those those didn't get us hardcore fans. Those steps got him to the sin in the sentence. Right. So I think that's how most would, would do that. That's how I would do it. So number five is uh, not going to be a surprise to anyone. It's on a lot of top lists, a lot of top ten lists for sure, and, and deservingly so. Our number fifth record is the new Paul Bear record, Heartless, uh, just a... Kind of a perfect record. It's
0: good. I, you and I were talking about yeah. it beforehand. Like, it, it has, like, really great, like, it's almost telling you a story. It has, like, the flow of, like, uh, an album that's got, you know, uh, you know, a story arc on it. Yeah. It, it's got this, like, beautiful soft moments, these really hard hitting moments, and then it goes back to a soft moment. Like, it brings you up and down. It makes you feel shit. I like that about it.
2: I really do think that metal, it, it appears, is the only genre of music that does that where it tells like a story the whole way through yeah it's like it's like you have to have that kind of patience mm-hmm. and uh that bothers me with other it's like it just seems like all the other genres out there it's just they're all single driven
0: when well, i have a lot of respect for a metal album that they don't feel like they have to bang through the whole thing where they'll take a two-minute track and they'll just go okay this is us just showing our props at how good we are at playing instruments how good right. we are at singing like how good we are at putting a melody together yeah like. well yeah
2: of course no other no other genre does that is, you know other than jazz is yeah pretty much much like the right. only thing that you could
1: go, all right, they're playing their their instruments, they're showing off. And, right. but, but like everyone else, though, it's just but jazz, like- jazz is impro- I- improvisational, right? You know, and, and sometimes jazz is slop to me. Like, I can listen to it and be like, all right, I don't know what what who's doing what, but they're doing it right now in front of me, so I appreciate it. But sometimes you don't have. Like, like, like that. That's well. So there's um, no hook in jazz. It's yeah. always
2: just
0: yeah, like. Yeah, I'm, I'm a philistine. I watch jazz. I'm like, it's good. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll sit there and watch. There's a guy sh- with a trumpet. It's yeah. jazz. It's I'll,
2: good. I'll watch a jazz guitar player, and I'm just like, wow, that guy's incredible. But the song goes fucking nowhere. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's what I mean. That's yeah. great. Okay, now wrap it up. Give me a fucking hook. Talk about your and, dick. And Let's there, go. there
1: are metal bands and progressive rock bands that do the same thing. That take it too far. Paul Breyer doesn't do that. No, they know this, exactly this. when to stop. And this is an hour long record dude so like, what eight songs six songs i can't remember but it's, it's like
0: a f- first date with like a really hot dude to me like that's how it felt like he pushed you away and pulled you in push you away and pull you in and push you away before you and before you know it you've been sitting there for the whole hour listening. and then, to the and then you
1: go home with him and he's patrick bateman
0: <laughs> oh, that's no. an
1: american psycho <laughs> <laughs> reference is that the right name i hope it was <laughs> <laughs> anyways that
0: was that was i think that's his name i think that's jason's brother
1: So Paul Bear Heartless is our number five record Our number four record will be to no surprise To you fans out there Uh, We've been just promoting this nonstop. is the new Goat Whore record Vengeful Ascension Just uh, same thing when we talk about the Black Dahlia murder It goes to Goat Whore They know their genre The riffs they pulled out of this record The drumming on this record The lyrics on this record This is a perfect Goat Whore record It's something that it took some years to make Because they've never made a bad one but this one, every song is catchy. Every song sticks with you. I just saw them live with 1349, and I'm telling you right now, when they played Mankind Haves No Mercy, the crowd was more into that than Fucked by Satan. Yeah. It was because that riff on that "den den then it's just fucking perfect for goat whore. And um, yeah, dude, like this record, I, you know, sh- it's always weird when a band is like this many records in, how to make them grow more, you know, because they got their fans, and people have heard of them. And then, you know, when they discover them, they never discover new, they discover old. So I really hope this is the record that dis- the youth discovers goat horror I feel um,
0: like they are, though. I feel like that, that goat horror, Black Dahlia Murder, there's a few bands on this list that, yeah. that have transcended a few decades of generations. Like, there's fans from 15 to 50, which is... Because they're legit. Because they're legit. Yeah, like, they're, they, and it takes a
1: while to get legit, right. in a, in a, or legitimate to the, the, well, the world, to the metal world. I feel
0: like that should... If you're only popular with, like, five years of an age group, you're not making good music. I agree. If it transcends every kind of age, then, you know, you're totally in it. You figured it out.
2: Well, I look at a band like uh, when do you think we'll see another band reach amount like reach it like a plateau, like Lamb of God have reached where here's the thing. It's not like Lamb of God is like, you know, headlining stadiums and stuff like yeah. or, or big or big theaters like Slayer does. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, Lamb of God still opens up for Slayer. When, but at the same time, name another band. I don't think there's a band on this list that's bigger, or more, or or more popular than Lamb of God. Will we ever see someone ever reach that reach that mountain? You're talking
1: about in America. I'm
2: talking about yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope so, but
0: I feel like also Lamb of God had the you know a little bit of a mainstream taste on albums in the early 2000s that allowed them to get radio play. And I think that was different, no, you know, no, like because no. I heard them. From, I heard them on the radio. Like they had when they redneck. Yeah, when the redneck okay, album came yeah. out.
1: Redneck. Redneck was, I think, the only song that might have broke through the radio. And that
0: was it. Like that and was that the was that was like the first time that I heard. Like I saw people that I knew in high school going out to the concerts for Lambada. Because
1: they signed to the Epic Records, and I, I don't, I don't rec- out here they never got radio play. That's for never damn sure. Never got radio play. Um, but uh, like I know. Well, that sucks. In different areas <laughs> yeah. they might have, but like out here they were always too hard and heavy. You got to be like. You, unfortunately, you got to be Queens of the Stone Age or Foo Fighters for radio play. Yeah, it, this is, is that, anything it, on this list is way too hard. Like, eat, like in my right. mind, it's like Paul Bear can sneak in there, but they really can't. Like yeah. the obsessed should be able to get on there, but I mean, people really coming
0: from out of town, do you remark on that though? Is that Nevada has a little bit of some of the best rock stations left because when you go anywhere else on the radio, the hardest oh, you're dude. getting is like Red Hot Chili Peppers dude, on you, the rock mm, station. You go, you, know? to,
2: you go to other markets, okay? Like the radio station I work for, Comp ninety two point three here yeah. in Vegas. The the radio station I work for. We we play some harder stuff. Like we'll play, you know, uh Metallica. We'll play, you know, of Black Sabbath, right. AC/DC, that type of stuff. And that's still way harder than yeah. any other place than what other markets are playing. Yeah. like I listen to I listen to another rec, or I'll go to another city and I'll hear some of the rock that they're playing. And they'll play a hit that I haven't heard in five six years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just to kind of just throw it in there. But mm. I don't know, man. It's just it's just one of those things where, you know, rock and radio play, and especially when you when you look at the average metal listener. Like the metal listener doesn't want radio friendly stuff. So songs. what do you
0: think? Do you think it's but, movies now?
2: Well, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like the average the average metal listener, they don't want radio friendly music. Yeah. They don't. They want it nasty and they want it hard. Problem is, is you know, in order for you to reach that certain level of success, it just sucks that you have to kind of advertisers you, call you the have shots. to kind of yeah. cowtail to you kind of have to cowtail to the yeah. masses in a way, and if you're not going to do that, then you'll always have the love of
0: the underground
1: yep and
2: well
0: that that's a good point. I hope that we have another Lamb of God rise, but I mean we will I is, just
1: don't know where like how does, can, how can Goat Whore do that no, but <laughs> uh, I mean maybe they can, but at this point, I wouldn't say that, but they will because of bands like Goat Whore, another band will rise somewhere from here in records like Vengeful Ascension yeah. is what I'm saying. So now we're getting to our top three records of 2017. Sorry, I just burped. <laughs> wow.
0: Real, Real pro. pro. The physicality of that Real burp was pro. strange. Sorry about that. Real pro. Yeah, I almost threw up. You look like somebody snatched you by the back of the neck. <laughs> Next time don't blow weed at me, Jocelyn.
1: <laughs> yeah, please. So, number three on our list, it is the new creator record, Gods of Violence. Now, I've heard it from many people. That oh they don't have the same sound of extreme aggression. This record has a lot of anth- anthem type songs for you know a, a, an age old thrash band, and I'm like that's right. And these anthem type songs have the same aggression. They're just better songs as far as like they all get stuck in your head. Gods of Violence is a flawless record, and thrash bands. I think the newer age of thrash bands are, are kind of overtaking. The older ones, besides certain ones like Death Angel, I think, are making the most relevant music they ever did. You know, and Creators, the other one that I think is really on top of their game. This record, I think it took five years for them to put it out. Well worth the wait. Number three on our list, for sure. Creator, Gods of Islas, And that brings us to our number two on the list, which was our number one for a long, long time. And then we had a conversation, and it changed. And uh, the, obviously, your top two can almost inter-swap in any list. But our number two is the latest from Darkest Hour. Godless Prophet and The Migrant Flora. This was a, a huge highlight. Kurt Ballou, his production on this record, and the songs they wrote were just, it's just a perfect record for this band. Same thing. They've gone in so many years, so many tours, so many different avenues, and they came back and they found a sound that is original, that is undiably darkest hour, and they didn't put a bad track on there. Everybody's on top of their game. Uh, you know, the guitar riffs are amazing. John Henry's lyrics are great it is, uh, to me, it is a five-star record, you know, so for sure. So with that, guys, we're going to go to our number one, and this is a universal number one for us three. Uh, without, without a shadow of a doubt, we've been talking about this forever, and uh, our number one record of 2017 is the new Havoc record, Conformicide. Um, and uh, I get to chat with none other than david sanchez of havoc let him know he got our number one spot and here is my interview with him now hey everybody it's petter here metal sucks podcast on the phone we have david sanchez of havoc our favorite record of the year as we just announced is conformicide so uh does that uh, now we're just a podcast on metal sucks but does does that feel good at all to hear (laughs) No, it's actually terrible. I, I wanted everyone to hate it. <laughs> this is the first record with Nick Sanjelis on bass. Uh, how important was he? Uh, his contributions to this record?
6: Well, some of the songs he actually wrote like 100% of the bass lines himself. Like in uh Hang em High, um, we just gave him the, the drums and guitar track and he took it home and came up with all the bass lines for it. So there's some songs where he literally wrote uh 100 of the bass there's some songs where a lot of the bass was already written and he just kind of took what was already written and uh embellished it a little bit but overall it's really awesome having nick in the band because he can play pretty much anything if i'm like hey do some crazy slappy thing right here that's really fast um he could just like noodle around for a second and he's got something that's excellent
1: so i described it to someone i go it it, this is what if les claypool joined metallica instead of jason newstead this is the music that we would get it sounds like (laughs) that it's got the funk to it it's got all that stuff because his bass is like you said it it's very it's it's not he's one of the best in the business i think as far as basses goes as you know distinct wise now when he plays though is there a lot of parts on the song that are bass that sound like guitar or is it is he pretty much just distinctly bass on there
6: um on this record there's a lot of times where none of the stringed instruments are playing the same part Mm. and um we did that on purpose because uh i think it adds a lot to the depth of the music and gives it a lot of like replay value where you can go back and listen to the song for the fourth time and you'll say like oh shit they're there's this part, this little thing going on in there that I didn't notice was happening before. Um, but as far as like bass lines being solely baselines, I think there is a lot of that. Of course, there's some, some parts where everyone's in unison, locked in, playing the same shit to make the, the part super uh, dominating. But we, we put a big focus on letting the bass be a bass as opposed to what a lot of metal bands do and have the bass line just play the guitar riff only an octave lower. Yes. And in my opinion, doing that all the time, you're pretty much wasting a bass player. You might as well just get an octave pedal at that point. Uh, and
1: especially like, because so many people do do that, like you said, it gives you a very much, a, a more distinct sound when, when you do listen to the record. And uh, it's been four years uh, between Unnatural Selection and aside. So when you had that length between albums, um, it, is it extra motivating or does it, give you more time to be a perfectionist on the record
6: well it gave us uh time to to write uh, a a little more in depth whereas a natural selection was pretty quick between time is up and that one and we we needed to get a record done and we we were a little bit rushed i'd say on, on a natural selection not to say that it came out poorly but Uh, We definitely had more time to sit back and mull over some of the ideas on conformicide. And there was uh, about nine months where I couldn't play guitar properly because I broke my left wrist. And uh, the doctors reset my wrist incorrectly and wasted about four months, and then I had to go get surgery. And um, yeah, so there was almost almost a year where I couldn't play guitar properly, so that added to the 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 writing time (laughs) quite a bit but during that time I was able to write a lot of lyrics this is the first record we ever did where I had um kind of an abundance of lyrics and I had more lyrics than I had music at one point which is never the case normally it's the music all comes first and then I figure out the lyrics later um at this point I'm still sitting on a lot of extra lyrics that will probably wind up on the next record and I think that me being broken and not being able to play guitar and that frustration kind of seeped into the the lyrical aspect of the record. And I think that's probably a big reason why the lyrics are so angry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's one thing I did want to bring up, though. With the lyrics, like when you get the, the album, you get the booklet, every, the artwork on every page, it's excellent. And it gets a full, a full page and then the lyrics are right across from it. Now, um, is that a way to kind of like make the lyrics um stand out more did you guys do that on purpose or was it because you had a visual like kind of image with each song when you guys put the artwork Uh, together
6: we started putting together artwork way before the recording process so we had a lot of uh different pieces and then we sifted through some of the old artwork that we had already had created and found that some of it really fit the lyric lyrical content of specific songs So we decided, like, hey, we should just make the whole uh, booklet for the CD have artwork that goes with every song. What's the point in doing, you know, six of the ten songs have artwork? Why don't we just flush it out and um, make it so every song has art to go with it? And it's a good problem to have because now we have uh, excess artwork that we can use for T-shirts and hoodies and uh, posters and stuff like that.
1: Yes, dude, it's a great problem to have. So last time we talked, uh, we, we discussed, it was uh, me, you, Brandon, and Nick, we discussed how South Park is kind of like the Nostradamus of today's society because um, parody has become somehow reality. So parody is what we're living in, right? How much of conformicide lyrically would you consider a form of parody or is it all just kind of based in reality?
6: Uh, it's definitely inspired by reality and uh the way that our world unfortunately operates at this point yeah. that's why there's a lot of uh anger and vitriol in the lyrics but um you know obviously some of it is a little bit tongue-in-cheek and not meant to be taken literally like you know in the chorus of "Hang 'em high i literally am saying hang em high and i'm talking about politicians and greedy assholes that are ruining this country um i you know i'm not literally saying go and take a rope and hang them up from a tree it's just like, you know, Bob Marley didn't really shoot the sheriff.
1: <laughs> but uh when when you are writing lyrics, does that ever cross your mind in any kind of way that people would take it literal?
6: Yeah, of course. Oh, and wow. they can take it however they want. That's fine, but uh don't come blaming me when someone actually does hang up a politician by a rope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, I I'm sure that they could blame a gamut of things for any kind of violent act these days. There's so many different avenues they can they can kind of look at so and music used to be really dangerous and and kind of the first thing they looked at right but now it's it's kind of changed i don't know what the the main attack point is now for people but uh music doesn't seem to be that anymore does that in 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 any way make you feel more free to do what you want or you never really cared
6: um i wouldn't care either way if we were saying the same things back in like 1984 i wouldn't it it wouldn't uh I don't think it would stray our path much. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so,
1: how much media like in the in the day do you follow or do you just kind of tune most of the stuff out?
6: I try to keep up a little bit on what's going on in the world, but uh even though the names and the details change, the basic principles stay the same and they've been in effect for over 100 years. Mm. We still have bankers ruling the world, we still have corrupt politicians that don't care about people. They're only interested in the expansion of their own power, and we still have a two-party system. That's uh, uh, well, we have a a one-party system that's masquerading as a two-party system. We have uh, people pitted against each other, against their neighbor, instead of coming together and recognizing common enemy. And uh, we still have, you know, the 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 major parties that are that are playing the game on people. They're both the party of corporations. They're both the party of bankers. They're both party of war and uh, neither one of them wants to relinquish any of their power. And at the end of the day, none of them really care about the people. They're only interested in themselves. They're very greedy and selfish. And uh, we've been sold the idea that we live in a democracy, and that's absolutely not the case.
1: Yeah, and I mean, does that consume your thoughts, though? Does, does How does that feel like? Because I think all of us kind of agree with you, especially people listening to this show. I mean, do you allow that con- to consume your thoughts? Or is the the solution seems to be like for... I think people like that can't change anything. It's more like uh, hedonistic in a way. Like they're they're going to look kind of more like to just feel good for a minute, so they can distract themselves from the other side. Which also I think is just as um, dangerous to go down that selfish route than you know the other route. So, what kind of lessons do you think like out here that we can actually uh, accomplish to to? Change anything out In in, in like I'm just talking about America Because I don't know The rest of the world
6: Yeah well um, I I, I do think about these things Every day They cross my mind Mm. But One thing that keeps me I think the number one thing That keeps me From going absolutely insane From uh, You know Witnessing all the Crazy stuff that happens In our country Is Humor And comedy And laughing Mm -hmm. at everything I think everything's funny If you think about it Long enough And you know being able to laugh at everything and and be silly and ridiculous and make stupid jokes and uh find joy in simple things that's what keeps me from being completely insane over all this <laughs> nonsense um what we can do about it i don't know there's a lot of different ways that things could be done but <clears throat> i think uh not taking anything terribly seriously and laughing and enjoying your life while you can because it is very short, that's probably uh, a wise route to go. But, you know, if we really wanted to see some sort of real positive change in this country, we would need to start holding people accountable for their actions. You know, when, when uh, politicians or things like this are found to be corrupt, and found to be screwing over millions of people without a care in the world, we should hold them accountable. We should punish them for that. We should start holding people accountable for treason and for uh, corruption conspiracy. These are things that are commonplace now, and everyone just kind of shrugs their shoulders and says, yeah, well, that's the way it is. It doesn't have to be that way if... if The people that are ruining the country are outnumbered by regular people, millions to one. Oh, yeah. If enough people got on the same page and and woke up to these things, we could see uh, a a real positive change happen in this country, you know, within a a week. Mm -hmm. It could happen. But uh, people are very comfortable. And I don't think anyone's going to really care until... The things are uncomfortable and there's some sort of crisis, which is unfortunate. Um,
1: it does say a it, lot it, that, yeah, people, people accept what they don't want to accept. Um, but like we're, I was talking earlier, it's like the, the fact that all the, the, the selfishness that we kind of all have now, the things that we kind of hold up on a certain tier makes us just distracts ourselves from anything real because our lives are more important than the bigger picture. I think in a lot of ways, especially like youth are learning this through social media and things like that. And that's also, you know, in a way why it's harder to, I think, sell records or movies or anything like that because people are so used to just focusing on themselves. Do you agree with any of that or no?
6: Yeah, by nature, people are selfish. Yeah. The, the lowest part of our brain is the biggest, most dominant part, which is the lower brain is considered the reptilian brain reptiles don't give a shit about anything they're not empathetic they'll eat their own fucking babies if they're hungry um and that's you got to think that's the most dominating part uh, of our human brains and when um yeah i think it's natural to to be selfish and to want to take care of yourself but then there there comes a point where I just don't understand this, this mode of thinking when you have like more money than you could spend in a thousand lifetimes, but you still want more and more and more. That kind of thinking is completely beyond me and I don't understand it. Only way I can maybe reason with it is perhaps that when people become that powerful, the power becomes the aphrodisiac and it's not even the, the money at that point. It's just the power and the control. Like they say, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think that's evident in our um, (laughs) in our society.
1: Yeah, the world. So, and that's that. That always brings up that other question. Like, if you were in the shoes of someone with that kind of money or power, do you think you would handle it differently? Or, or
2: I would,
6: I would, I would certainly try to. Yeah, Uh, I, I would not like to. become the monster that i see a a lot of these uh, power wielding people uh you know they, they are that monster i would definitely try to not become that
1: yeah so that that's that's the scary question for i think most people is that like we can point our finger from a certain distance but like if we were actually there would we be different you know because well, I think, I so think a similar, lot of it, right?
6: yeah, that's true. We're, we're all the same. I am you. You are me. Yeah. We're all fighting the same uh, struggles. We're just looking at it through different eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all literally in this together. Everything has a cause and effect, and everything affects everybody else. The thing that's interesting is we've had people that were in high positions of power that wanted to change the way things were running. For instance, guys like JFK. Mm-hmm. And you look at what happened to JFK. He got his wig split open. You know, so I think a lot of people, even if they go in with the intentions that are uh, just and and right-minded, I think often they're probably intimidated into just bending and becoming uh, just another guy that's in this fucked up system that's going to keep it fucked up. Yeah, because it's really easy. Yeah. It, it, it. Yeah, it's fear. They use fear to control you. They use fear to control everyone. And I think they use fear to control these people that are uh, in high positions of power as well. It's really easy to <clears> – <throat> like let's say someone like Trump was going to say, hey, I- I'm going to end the Federal Reserve and make our money back by gold again. I'm going to end all these wars. I'm going to end the war on drugs. And th- that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to solidify myself as one of the most legendary presidents ever. Imagine if he said something like that. I would I would think that he would probably be intimidated by someone at some high level and say, "Hey, if uh, you want to follow through with all that stuff, we're going to kill your whole family." Oh well, I guess I won't do that stuff then. Yeah, I think it's very easy, especially at those really high levels when you're talking about people in like CIA and FBI and NSA and uh, things like this. It's very easy for them to intimidate someone and and to essentially bend them into whatever mold they want you to fit into which is unfortunate that's it's fucked up that's a big reason i think that's we are where we are today it's because uh someone every once in a while comes along with a good idea they're often killed look at what happened uh martin luther king jfk malcolm x gandhi john lennon you're looking at people that want to change the world for a positive, and uh, you know they nail them to a cross
1: <laughs> that, that had some sort of power. Yeah, you, you said it. And the fear thing that the fear that you're describing, I think anybody can relate to, even on a low level, where you see someone intimidate someone at work, someone intimidate you know a relationship where a guy intimidates you know his partner, like, or vice versa, a girl intimidates you know. Um, but you see that fear being useful because we're kind of taught that there's a way to manipulate people through it. Like, cause we get manipulated through it, you know, all of us. Regardless. Absolutely. Yeah.
6: yeah. Yeah. And, and what we've talked about is like on a <clears throat> individual level, but, um, I think th- they use fear to control us uh, systematically. Mm-hmm. Every time you turn on the news, it's all bad stuff. Anytime you, uh, you know, are trying to, uh, learn and figure out what's going on in the world and what's going on in this country and you know, how are things going? If you just turn on the news with, with with a positive attitude and you said, oh, I feel pretty good today. Let's see how, how the world's doing. Let's see how the country's doing. You turn on the news, it's all fear. Yeah. That's all they sell. They sell fear because it's the most effective way to control people. You can get people to do a lot of crazy shit if they're afraid. Um, you know, you can get someone to get naked and eat their own poop if you're shoving a gun in their face. Yeah,
1: no, completely. You man. can get people to do a lot of
6: crazy shit that they would never do regularly if they are afraid.
1: And then the option, the other option, would be to be misinformed, just not turn into the news. And if we all just shut off the news and didn't pay attention, then the, <laughs> well, we would are take misinformed over. by watching the news. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you today. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we are misinformed and then ill-informed. But we still, we still show outrage. But I also think that's manipulated to what we show outrage towards. You know, um,
6: absolutely, you know, it's it. it it's uh it's contrived it, it's planned um, outrage <laughs> outrage over nonsense has become commonplace whereas outrage over uh, the fact that we're all a third slaves and we all are paying taxes that don't even cover the the interest on the national debt that has been loaned to us by the Federal Reserve bank no one's outraged about that you, you know at, at least you know some people are but you don't see the media talking about it. We don't see the media talking about, uh, the fact that the war in Afghanistan has been going on longer than any war in the U S history. Uh, we've got a, we've got a heroin epidemic in this country. Uh, and we don't have the media talking about how we still have Marines guarding poppy fields over there and how these drugs come over on CIA planes. These are things that they don't want you to think about or want you to know. But Th- those are things that are truly outrageous, and people should be pissed off about. But how are you going to be pissed off about it if you don't even know what's happening?
1: Yeah, the most recent thing that that really struck me that just happened. Like I said, I'm in Vegas. Uh, we just had a, we had a mass shooting, you know, and then mm-hmm. less than thirty days later, there was um, a, t- a horrific shooting in, in Texas. The guy shot up a church, killing like a seventeen month year old kid. Twenty six people were dead. Headline on 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 cnn the next day Louis ck um you know pulled his dick out and did whatever 15 years ago right
6: and that which that's yeah that makes people outraged which but really what what's a bigger problem thank you and that's what i'm
1: saying like which i'm saying i'm not defending what Louis ck did but how is that story a bigger story than you know these
6: 500 people getting shot
1: yeah exactly you know this obscene this obscene thing that happened with uh just, just like I said, it was like Sunday and then Monday. That was the headline. So the second story was the shooting. But I, I was just, I was like, on a scale of outrage, it seems like one's a ten and one's kind of like a three, maybe four. But yet we, they know what we're gonna like relate to more. You know, we're gonna relate more to the uh, the, the the sexual assault thing because a lot of us can relate to that on individual levels. So that's gonna be a bigger story because it's gonna get much more clicks. So. And that's where I really have my dispute with the media these days is that they do shy away the things that – because I, I do think that the media every day just counted down, what are we doing about this? What are we doing about this? What are we doing about this? Nothing, 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 nothing. We would be trained to be outraged about things that affect our lives in a much grander scale than the celebrity lives, you know?
6: Yeah, but it's, it's gone the opposite. They, totally. They, who, Jim Morrison said it right. Who controls the media controls the mind. Mm-hmm. Because what people are reading about and seeing on TV and hearing on radio, that's what is going to consume people's thoughts. Instead of them uh, you know, like going completely off the grid and going on a hike and enjoying their life, they're going to be stressed out about all this other shit that doesn't even uh, affect their life. Um, and, and the thing that's funny about the media is not just the s- stupid shit that they report. What fascinates me is the things that they don't report. The things that they ignore that are much bigger issues than what they report is just, like, mind-boggling to me. Uh, A huge problem with this is thanks to Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton in the 90s passed some law that made it so that instead of uh, only being able to own a a handful of of news outlets, now all of a sudden you can own a 1,000. And this is why we're in the situation now where the the majority of mainstream media that is out there is only owned by a handful of corporations. This was not always the case. This became legal in the '90s under Clinton, and, and things are so far gone now. I don't, I don't know if it's going to ever get any better. It might only get worse from here.
1: Yeah, because and I mean,
6: and as long as all these things are going on, you can bet that. Uh, there's plenty of content for me to write about and
1: exactly that's what I was going to go
6: lyrics for so so next record uh, i'm sure there's going to be a lot of um just more more urging people to wake up
1: yeah and that's what i was going to say like with aside, that's exactly what we needed and what we got and i think that's why it's stuck with uh, us here at the podcast so much i always tell people like i'm like our best of list is what we desire to listen to sometimes not like the most like technical or whatever from a different viewpoint. Oh no, this is the best record of the year because of the technicality and the songwriting. <laughs> it's like, but what do I wake up to and desire to listen to? You know? And your record, like I said, that has been any every day for you know since it came out. It's like this is what I want to hear. I want to hear those riffs, those songs, those lyrics because they make sense when I see these news stories. And that is very special. You know, I think a lot of people living in this time to have that record and it keeps them in line when they when someone's trying to manipulate them on an other side. So you have both viewpoints and you know where you stand, you know? And that's an achievement, man, you know? It's a it's a big one. So to shine a light on it from our little platform is important, you know. But with that being said, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second, Dave. Um, what are your top 3 albums of the year?
6: Mm. God, three albums of this year. This yeah, twenty seven. Um, yeah, I really love the Power Trip album.
1: Okay, all right. Uh,
6: the new Warbringer would definitely be on there as well. Yeah, it's on our list. It's a, it's.
1: I, I I feel like they really really knocked it out of the park on that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome.
6: And um, I'm trying to think of what else I've listened to that's new. I, I, I got to be honest, a lot of the music that I do listen to is old <laughs> there's so much old music out there like even if all new music just stopped being written and released to today there you would still never be able to go back through uh the libraries of history and and listen to everything yeah. there's so much content so much music out there
1: same thing about movies too but like we don't want them to stop though <laughs> there's more truth in music and movies, I think, than there is in in uh, oh, I don't want to say movies these days. I'm talking about maybe a, a couple years back. I feel like movies these days are a little, little lost. But uh, in music, there's more truth than, like you said, a news channel.
6: You know, absolutely. I think uh, the stand-up comedians mm-hmm. and uh, artists, artists of all kind, I think are are spreading more truth and wisdom than uh, any practically any tv show that's on yeah. um it, which is really interesting <laughs> okay my my third choice for uh favorite metal record of the year i would say uh the new wolf brigade album
1: nice i haven't heard that one.
6: Oh, it's a, it's killer it's killer uh, yeah, that I'll, band's I'll really it. rad
1: cool man so uh there we go man so i david like i said Congratulations on the, the fantastic year. You guys are uh, going to roll into the studio. Usually it takes a couple years. I know you guys still got a year on the touring cycle. or do, You said you already had a bunch of lyrics written. Uh, do you got music w- written with those lyrics yet or no?
6: We've got some music um, ready to go. We need to like demo it out. But we plan on hanging up the touring in like August of next year. Yeah. And we'll probably take the whole rest of the year off to write the record and hopefully we'll record in like January of 2019 and hopefully get it out by the summer of 2019.
1: It's beautiful, man. We're looking forward to it. And you guys do have the Killthrax tour coming up as well. That, yeah. We're, we're yeah, going yeah. <laughs> out with
6: kill, kill, switch engage and anthrax from January till March. Got a couple months with those guys should be really, really good tour. It's
1: going to be a, stellar and, one. uh, yeah,
6: I think we'll bust out. Um, a, a few songs that we've haven't played in many years and that we've never played live stuff from the new record awesome so. man
1: awesome so everybody make sure you catch havoc on the Killthrax store january through march if you haven't picked up a copy of conformicide it is our favorite record of this year um make sure you get your hands on that buy the cop physical copy the artwork and the lyrics are well worth it um and um yeah that's about mm-hmm. it man so uh David, we want to thank you so much, man, for the record and for uh, giving us the time here at the Metal Sucks Podcast.
6: Oh, thank you so much for having me on, and <clears throat> I really appreciate the uh, the honor of being declared the best. That I, I, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know if it really is, but but I appreciate I appreciate that a lot. <laughs>
1: the opening track you guys just heard fuck pc fpc that's the name of the opening track conform aside is is uh our favorite record that's my favorite song just, if i'm
0: picking a song of the year if i could only take song? one song into the next year it's fpc See, now pete mm-hmm. how did you said
1: that if the bass player like remember when oh i said in the
2: interview yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like uh and it's funny. i said
1: i feel if, if nick joined uh like like him joining havoc i think they sound like if if Claypool joined Metallica, I know, I know Havoc kind of leans more on the Megadeth sounding side, but I think you would have the same bass versus guitar sound. I think, sound. Ellison, I think Ellison, Dave Ellison is such an unbelievable bass player. Yeah. So, I mean, like when you
2: put him up there, I, I think they sound, I just think they sound like yeah, but a he's, more he, modern, I think they sound like a modern, uh, still, but still young Megadeth. Like yeah. A, like, like a young Megadeth if they started a few years ago, not like right. back in the 80s,
1: right. you know. But they're, I mean.
0: Like if they're my age.
1: They they are probably your age. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jocelyn's younger I'm, than me. And Brandon who doesn't know. Yeah. Crushing all that um. beer and puss. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. okay so. Sorry. <laughs> and with that, guys, those were our top fifteen. I mean, uh, and the, some of the records that I know you guys love: the Dying Fetus, the Power Trip, the Origin, Cannibal Corpse, the Obituary, the Enslaved. None of that made our list, but we loved all those records. That they were right there on the cusp. Good year for metal. But we just uh we had a we had a you know it comes down to this, man. It's what's what you. Wake up to and you're like I desire to listen to this. Look, we did the an- yeah. we,
2: we did the analytics, yeah, and we this is how the the math just came. It was out a, it was a very 15.
0: scientific. A method of us screaming at each other. <laughs>
2: yes, of screaming at each other. There was many drinks flown around. Uh, a and lot then,
0: of Gooch calling us idiots. Yes, a
2: lot of Jocelyn lot calling of, us oh, idiots. A lot of Pete calling us idiots. Yeah. So I
1: mean, it's like it I happens. remember you calling us cunts a lot.
2: Dude, yeah, yeah, you're yeah.
0: not English. Yeah, yes. you
1: can't use it like that. It sounds weird from Toledo voice.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: all right. It's sa- right. it sounds hateful.
0: Makes you sound like a drunk stepdad, right? Mm. Yeah, God, isn't that
2: weird? Like you yeah. know, in America, motherfucker, totally acceptable. Me telling Pete, hey, you fuck your mother totally cool me calling pete a woman's (laughs) vagina Mm -hmm. not cool it hurts it's all about accents my friend (laughs) it's Hey, and that, and that does you're it, a guys. cunt, governor. You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that,
1: that, that does it for our, uh, our top 15 albums a year. Um, we just are glad you guys listen. We hope you enjoyed some of these records on our list. We hope you have your own list. We're so glad we're all one family here with metal, and we're all supporting the same stuff. So uh, with that, guys, I would just want to thank you very much. This is not our last show of uh, 2017. We, I think we have a couple more in the bank. But regardless, we know this is the best of. So we want to thank everybody that's been on board with me and Brandon from the jump this year. Mm-hmm. And. Stayed with us Gave us all these good reviews And then Jocelyn joined on Made the show much better Shut you oh, up half sh- the time oh, it's, just, it's, so you know? it's just so sweet It's you you know, just so sweet I was just going to leave it At Jocelyn joined Jocelyn joined She, she heard Lama got on the no. radio You know <laughs> how it goes <laughs>
0: Hey I did That's real That's real you come live in Reno. You'll know that You'll know how we live life.
1: That's, yeah. that's your motherfucking invitation.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh God, I. Almost that's f- a deep cut. That was a good job. Uh, well you done. You pulled that up,
1: anyway. So, uh, and that is it, guys. Until next week, Metal Sucks Podcast over and out. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.